Welcome to Humanly Possible, a vlog and podcast series focused on the game-changing potential of creating human-centric workplaces. Hi, I'm Angela, an organizational psychologist working to transform organizations into destinations for attracting, engaging, and developing resilient and energized employees. In a time where the human-centric workplace and human potential is paving the way for the future of work, Humanly Possible is an actionable space for extraordinary humans to share how they are reinventing the world of work. So join me and other growth-minded executives, founders, and leaders who are changing their industries and communities by putting people first. On this episode, we're speaking with Brian Hampton. Brian is the co-founder and CEO of Change Nerd, a community designed to bring diversity of thought and empowerment to professionals focused on people and enterprise-wide change. Brian provides insight into the importance of people readiness and how a simple mentality shift on the responsibility of organizations to team members can make a tremendous impact on the business and society. Hey, Brian. Thanks, hey. For, thanks for joining us on Humanly Possible. How's it going? Things are going very well. Things are going very well. Glad to uh, to be a part of your your effort here. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, can, can you tell listeners about yourself, about yourself personally, but also professionally? Yep. Hey, everyone. My name is Brian Hampton. I'm a father of two. Um, a dog owner. <laughs> um, I love to read and I love to build brands as well. So I'm the co-founder of Change Nerd. It's a um, it's a consulting firm, but it's also more known as an online community. Um, and I, uh, I run other small businesses as well. Can you tell us a little bit about how Change Nerd is creating more human-centric workplaces? Oh, oh great question, Angela. <laughs> yeah, so I think about two years ago, um, I was having different conversations, well, actually similar conversations with a number of companies um, that you know really change management teams. And a lot of times, especially within the change management industry, we like to think that our particular methodology is confidential or secretive or anything. But and ultimately, everybody's having the same problems. A lot of companies are implementing new technologies and they're suffering from the same challenges. And so um, it, was, it was my belief that we should have an online community and make it easier for practitioners and executives to share best practices and also share, like, share their mistakes. Um, and so it's, uh, it's been a beautiful ride. So we have close to 2000 people um, in the change their community, um, connections being made every day, um, people being offered job opportunities, um, you know, a lot of external consultants finding work, um, you know, early practitioners fresh out of college or new into change management are, are um, you know, they're, they're finding easy ways to upskill themselves based on the content that we have in there. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. That's wonderful. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if, um, you know, when we talk about teams and organizations, I, I, I know change management is, you know, kind of a buzz term, you know, and we'll, we can talk about what that means later, but I don't know if a, a lot of people like the general supervisor or manager of a team or even an executive or leader thinks about change management a ton and really intentionally thinks about what it means and what change does to, to the health of an organization and, and the fact that if it's not done right, 
it could be detrimental, especially if it's not done in a kind of a people first manner. So what are some of the mistakes that you see uh, leaders making when it comes to implementing change within their teams or within their organizations? Yeah, I think, I think it really stems from a lack of understanding how important people are. You know, um, a lot of times, classic example, a company that's going to implement a, you know, multi-million dollar technology solution, right? It's the people that, that are going to use that solution, right? It's, it's the people that's going to use the solution uh, that's going to contribute to the organization receiving some type of ROI, right? So what if the focus is only on the technology and not the people, you know, the company has a, a small chance of, of getting that return on investment. And so, um, so usually, you know, one of the number one mistakes is, you know, not really placing that strong value on, on, on people. Um, that's the, that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, um, from, from different conversations with, with different companies, um, a lot of people have, a lot of leaders have, uh, the right intent. You know, everyone shows up to work with the right heart, with the right intent, want to do the right things. Um, but, you know, from a mistake perspective, it's, it's really around bringing the right people to the table, you know? So when you think about people, it's not only HR, you know, it's not only HR, there's, there's other stakeholders across the company that can add value to the conversation. Um, but, and, and that's, you know, when you talk about putting people first and having a people first approach, um, that's one of the, the, the key insights that I've heard uh, from successful companies really, okay, boom, we're going to put the people first and okay, if we're going to put the people first, who are the right people in the room based on the problem that we're trying to solve? And it's not only HR, there's other stakeholders. Yeah. And I think a lot of times when someone's implementing a small change or a large change, like a multi-billion, million, billion dollar technology or, or AI or, you know, all the, all the big transformative type projects yeah or if you're just looking to implement a new policy within your team or you know a new set of core values within your team at the end of the day it's it's like i said it's people who have to adopt that and i think so many times people just think about training and communications like those yeah. two things like we just got to train people we got to put together a job aid uh what are some other things that are are elements of of readying or providing uh, readiness for for people so angela no it's a great question so here's here's what i'm screaming uh in different like podcasts and interviews and things of that nature is that um we within organizations we really have to think about you know a community right if you think about the community in which you live you have the education system you have the, the business sector you have the law enforcement you have different other areas Right. And so when you think about an organization from a sense of community, everybody's a stakeholder. Right. There is and, and, and being a stakeholder means that they're contributing value, but they're receiving value at the same time. So historically, and you know this, right, historically, people within organizations have been seen as or are seen as labor, a cost. And we got to get away from that model and think community first, um, you know, and, and so like. And, and with that mindset, everybody in the organization is a stakeholder, right? They, they can contribute value. And here's the other side of the coin that we have to really enforce. They should receive value, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Not just in words, 
right? Not just in practice, but economic empowerment as well. I think, I think with COVID and a lot of organizations moving to a virtual environment, they're being forced to work differently. Um, I think a lot of leaders are now thinking about their organizations naturally as a community because you have to, you're all virtual, you can't see each other. So it's really creating the right information um, forums for people to you know, get the right information at the right time. Um, you know, so leaders are having to interact with their teams differently and things of that nature. And one thing that we learned from COVID is, you know, we're, we're all in this together. You know, the executive as well as the business analyst has a family, right? And they're homeschooling their kids and they're taking care of their parents. Like everybody's on equal footing here. And so with this mindset of uh, performing as a community, looking at people as stakeholders and allowing them to contribute value, but being sure to um, bring value to all the stakeholders as well. Uh, and again, not just in practice, but economic empowerment as well. That's I mean, a yeah. really interesting. Yeah, it's a really interesting way to think about. Uh, and I know you, you've coined the term people readiness. So yeah. I want to give you credit for that. Because um, <laughs> I, I, like, I like it much better than change management. I think change mm -hmm. management, uh, you know, is very broad. But really what we're talking about is how are you equipping people to contribute? Yeah. And and want to contribute, not yeah. just say, oh, that's here we go, another policy or another change. Um, what about resilience? You know, when you talk about resilience, it's it's kind of this again, another buzzword, but is does does that come into the equation of people readiness? Is that something that's important as far as a skill set you need to build within an organization, given the amount of change that's happening currently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, when you think about um, children, people often say, oh, children are more resilient than, you know, than you would think. I think that same, I think that same line of thinking parallels into the workplace. Mm. Um, you know, stakeholders within the organization are very resilient. I think, it, you know, it's 2020, we're about to enter 2021. Um, everyone has experienced drastic change over the last 10 years. And so, um, for the most part, people within organizations, they almost anticipate it. They know that we're going to implement new technology. They know it's going to be a reorg. They know, right, there may be an acquisition or something's going to happen. Uh, you know, in, in order to see a workforce perform or demonstrate resilience, they need information. They need information. They need to know what the strategy is. You know, um, they need to understand. And more so, remember, you know, strategy is simply a decision. Right, what you're going to focus on and what you're not going to focus on. So once leadership identifies what they're going to focus on, finding the right effective ways to communicate that focus uh, to the stakeholders across the organization. And I think that's that's really the bedrock to to seeing a more resilient uh, workforce. Awesome. Uh, and are there ways that, because um, I, I think you mentioned something important, which is, you know, people are becoming more resilient naturally because organizations are just moving quicker and change is happening. Uh, speaking to just your general leader or executive, uh, are there any tips or tricks that you would have around continuing to build resilience within the workforce? Yeah, I think, um, I think it really stems from establishing trust, you know, with your department, with your team, um, and, and with that trust, it's, it's coming from a place of care, understanding um, everyone's, you know, 
personal and professional situation, right? You know, you have somebody on your team who wants to become the next head of HR. You have somebody else on your team who is just there before they launch their own company. You got somebody else who is there, not necessarily for the money, but because they know they need money to provide for their family. So everyone has different angles as to why they show up to work. Um, so I, I think it's having a mutual understanding and, and demonstrating care. I think that will actually be the foundation for you know strong engagement and, and, and having a strong team. Yeah, I think empathy too is, I think this is what you're saying, which is being empathetic to your audience. I mean, when you think, talk about people readiness and you talk about a change, you really do have to think about not not just one audience, meaning you're you know you're communicating to the masses. Uh, one of the things that you and I know a lot about is kind of stakeholder assessments and yeah, yeah. starting to think about well, from from this person's perspective, how are they perceiving the change? Uh, how is that different from this other person from this other department or who's experiencing something different? So mm -hmm. empathy, I think, has a huge hand in, in it does. It does. It does. Especially right now. I mean, people are going through a lot. You know, um, I, um, what I what I've noticed over the last, I would say, 12 months, um, COVID and otherwise, you know, uh, naturally people are showing more patience. You know, mm -hmm. remember when we would jump on a Zoom call or, or Teams call, or whatever, um, you know, people would, would normally be uptight. Or remember when, you know, people would show up with a, um, a, a suit, right? At least, from, yeah, from what you can see, right? So, I, you know, now, you know, people have become more patient, more relaxed. And so even on business calls, people have a t-shirt or a sweater on, you know, you may be in a call and, and your kid, you know, bust through the door. Mm -hmm. And instead of like being embarrassed by it, you just kind of put your child on your lap and you continue with the call, right? So, you know, I think, um, I think culturally, uh, in multiple, in, in, in a lot of organizations, I think that people are having more patience and, and they're starting to show a stronger level of care just by, just by the nature of what's going on in the world right now. Awesome. Uh, so what do you see as, I mean, we talked a little bit about technology, we talked about transformation, you know, we talked about different types of change that an organization can experience. What do you see as like the next wave, especially given COVID and where, where we're at, uh, with some of the social injustice, you know, all of the, the world happenings right now, where do you see the next wave of people readiness needing to be? You know, um, I think people readiness next wave, hopefully it's going to center strongly around um, equitable practices. Um, I, I think, um, I, I, I think that's where it needs to, it needs to go. Um, right now, you know, um, everybody knows that organizations are going to experience change. Um, but I think what's happening in the macro, when you think about government and, and, and society, I think that is coming very, very close mm -hmm. to individuals right now, right? And I think, I think people are gonna start demanding more of organizations. Um, you know, just, um, I, I, I think, I think people are, I think organizations are going to have to, um, step up and yeah, not only diversifying your, your hiring practices, right. Bringing on more diverse people. Um, I think, um, organizations are going to be forced to be a little bit more transparent around, you know, how they're paying people, 
Um, I think people are going to demand a lot more of organizations right now because the world is we're working virtually. And so, um, you know, you can literally be anywhere and work for any company, you know, and that's going to put stress on talent acquisition departments, right? They're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to compete, you know? Um, I, so I think, um, I think organizations have some work to do. Executives and, and, you know, boards have some work to do to think about how they're going to recruit and continue to engage uh, their people while their people are with them. And I think that um, at the highest levels of, of organizations, they're going to, you know, kind of share the wealth a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you think about, you know, I'm in my late thirties, you know, my generation, you know, we don't have pensions, right? And so for a lot of us, you can run an Excel spreadsheet, you know, the 401k just won't go far enough or it won't happen fast enough, right? And so I, I think organizations are gonna have to contribute more, student loan debt, you hear a lot of politicians talking about it. So I think all of this is really going to play a role in how um, the, the engagement, if you think about it, like how, how people show up to support changes within organizations, right? So if you're working for an organization and that organization is expecting you to you know, contribute some type of impact, I think, I think people are going to be considering like, hey, do I even need to be here, right? I need more money. I'm, I'm going to jump or, you know, the culture is bad, so I'm going to jump or I'm going to start my own thing or I'm going to get me a gig on the side. You know, I, I, think, I think organizations are really, really going to have to, um, you know, really think about what their brand represents, the type of people they want in the organization and how they can, um, you know, bring health and wellness to the people within the organization. Well, I think if I'm, if I'm hearing you right, I think what you're saying is work, uh, employers are going to have an increasingly um, uh, enhanced responsibility around the whole human that comes to work, right? I think for the longest time, we've thought about that human as, um, well, we're going to contribute to this little facet of your life. You know, exactly. we're going to, we're going to let you clock in and clock out. We're going to pay you, uh, you know, we're going to provide you a, you know, a decent employee experience. And then we're going to send you out home and not worry about that other, that other part of you. Right. Yeah. Uh, and now I think what we're seeing is some of that's creeping into the workplace, which like you said, we're, we're becoming more ourselves. And that's really the the power of inclusion and belonging, and uh, and so employers are going to have to step up, and they're going to have to figure out how they contribute to the whole human. To the and whole human, yeah, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. I think um, because people are paying people are paying attention, you know, um, brands have to choose, you know, what side of history they want to be on. Um, you know, when it comes to some of societal challenges, um, whether it's, it's student loans or, you know, Black Lives Matter or supporting mm-hmm. other minority communities in the U.S., like, they're going to have to, you know, take a stand um, and, and, and also just, you know, contribute to their people's economic well-being, you know. Um, you know, people are expensive, you know, they, they, they are. Um, you know, salaries are expensive and things of that nature, but it, I think it's going to be it needs to be a stronger, uh, you know, part of the conversation at the board level to figure out, okay, how do we get revenues up so that we can, you know, um, you know, strengthen the salaries and, and offer stronger benefits and things of that nature. 
Yeah, no, that, that, that's a great point. Um, I like where this conversation has gone. I think this is really interesting because I think we started with really talking about, uh, you know, organizational transformation, internal transformation efforts. And I think the edge that you're bringing to this conversation is, you know, you're really talking about this ecosystem, the workplace being a part of this ecosystem for the whole human. Yeah, and we have to stop thinking about it as a transaction, you know? So like an SAP implementation, right? Technology or reorg, like that's a transaction, right? So we're moving past communications and training and really, you know, be, becoming a community, right? Where everybody is a stakeholder. So it's, okay, I expect my stakeholders to contribute, right? But guess what? As an organization, I need to contribute to them. So it's, it, it's really thinking more of a, of a community and, and moving past a, a transaction uh, state of mind. Great. Love it. Uh, what else do you want people to know about this concept of people readiness, change management, the, the workplace as an ecosystem uh, with the broader ecosystem? Uh, what, what, else, what else do leaders, executives, innovators need to know about this work? Yeah, when it comes to, um, when it comes to people readiness, um, it, it's, it's, it can seem complicated. Uh, but I, but it's really easy. It's, you know, speaking to your people and asking them certain questions. What can be done to enhance your employee experience, right? Getting that feedback and, you know, identifying themes and, you know, where it's possible, act on it, you know, and things that are not possible, just articulating or communicate, hey, we can't do this right now, but this is definitely on the roadmap. Right and and not let it be a one-time exercise. Um, create some type of ongoing feedback loop, you know, to understand how the organization can contribute, um, you know, better to someone to someone's life. It's it's really simple. Yeah, it sounds it sounds simple, but it it is complicated. I think um, you know leaders uh, especially have uh, challenges with really understanding how to um, personalize audiences, you know, that I, str I struggle with that myself. You know, you always have to have a top of mind that not everybody has the same interests or agenda. So yeah. to, your, to your point about creating a community, thinking of ourselves as a community, you know, what, what, do, what do politicians do, for example? They get out there and they talk to people, they understand what the issues are, they understand perspectives, and then they bring that back and say, okay, how can I impact that? Um, not that it's, they're always effective, but you know the the uh, tactics around it could could benefit a leader within an organization. Absolutely, because the the reality is, you know, the the organization has several layers to it, right? So at the top layer, you're probably looking at numbers, right? Forecasts, things of that nature. You're looking at numbers, um, but you know, and then at the mid level, you're looking at you know operational, you know, practices and, and processes. Um, but, you know, but to that employee, to that associate, they don't care about that, you know, like, <laughs> right, so, yeah, what's in, it, what's, what's in it for me, you know, and so I think it's being bold enough to admit that, hey, I, 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 as a leader, I am not close enough to the work, I'm not close enough to the problem to really bring an authentic perspective, let me go to someone else who is closer to the work or closer to the problem and understand their point of view. Right. Uh, and oh, by the way, that, that's free, by the way. Right. Like 
<laughs> that's free. Set up a call, whether it be virtual, right? Do a survey. It doesn't take a, a lot of heavy investment. Again, it's just mm -hmm. a, it's just um, having a, a healthy mindset around, you know, providing a, a good health, healthy, you know, uh, employee experience. Thinking of the organization as a community. Um, thinking of people as stakeholders, you know, where that relationship is mutually beneficial. So I have one more question for you. Yeah. Uh, and that is what um, what risk are organizations, leaders, executives taking by not having a people-centric lens to people readiness when it comes to transformation and change? What are what what's on the line if an organization can't figure this out? Yeah. Um what what's on the line is 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 an organization's ability to execute. Uh, projects. Um, what's on the line is their ability to sustain themselves in a marketplace. Mm. You know, so um, having a tops down approach and not engaging your people, not really getting, you know, real perspectives from the people who are closer to the problem. Um, in the short term, you know, I've in speaking with different companies and, and having relationships with different, you know, executives from other companies, it works in the short term. It doesn't work in the long term. Um, you know, and it's, um, you know, and, and you also have to just factor in, you know, the, the, the extra cost in losing people because mm -hmm. the culture is not right, right? Like you're losing people, whether it be at, you know, leaders or mid-level managers. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that can be avoided if you just put people first. Um, and, and get their perspective around, you know, what's, what's, what's happening um, and, and thinking of them as a, you know, as a stakeholder within, within a broader community. Um, so I, I think an organization can save costs and I think they can move um, and, and accelerate, you know, 10 times faster if they, if they put their people first. And the data supports it. There's numerous HBR articles, Forbes, Wall Street journals, like there's multiple uh, case studies, um, Salesforce, hmm. right, salesforce.com. They put their people first. Um, Amazon.com. There's, um, there's, there's, there's so many different companies. You got uh, Deloitte um, has a case study out there. There's the, the research proves that when you put your people first, you can accelerate growth, um, and you can say you can even save costs because a lot of a lot of traditional things don't need to happen, right? You're, you don't have as many people leaving. You got your engagement is up. Um, people are working innovatively just naturally because the relationships are built, right? So all of these are benefits to thinking of the organization as a community with your people as stakeholders. Okay, I lied. I have one more question for you. Okay. <laughs> it, came, it came to mind as you were talking. So for the leader who says, uh, you know, I don't have time for that change management, people readiness stuff, like I just got to go. I got a deadline to meet uh, what do you say to that leader? Um, and again, what's on the line of not taking a step back to focus on, on the humans that need to deliver on that work? Yeah. So, um, that's, that's cool. Cause as you were, as you were asking the question, I was thinking about my time in the military, right? Mm -hmm. Um, when, when I was in Iraq, um, you know, we had, we had, you know, two different types of meetings, right? There was that, Hey, something bad is about to happen and we need to execute now. And hey, there's something that's going to happen three months from now. So let's put our strategic hats on, right? Sometimes you need to act fast. 
And there's nothing wrong with approaching your people and saying, hey, this is a top-down decision. This is a top-down communication because the organization needs this right now. So I need you all to get on board. You know, if you see any gaps in the plan, please, you know, highlight it so that we don't make any mistakes, but we have to act right now, right? So, um, so I think, I think you're, I think just within organizations, we're naturally going to have that from time to time. But I think what should happen is more times we should have, you know, a people first approach, you know, where we can be, where we can feed information to the right people and give them an opportunity to contribute, you know, um, you know, that, that, that fire drill, Hey guys, we got this going on. We got it. Like that should not, that's not healthy. Mm, right. <laughs> right. That's not healthy. So, um, but yeah, I think, I think there's times for, um, you know, the, the full term feedback loop. And I think there's times for the, Hey, look, we got to execute this in three months. So we got to be this. nimble. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be nimble. So yeah. got to create space for both of that. Well, Brian, I want to thank you so much for joining uh, and sharing your insights. I think this is a really interesting for those who are familiar with change management. I think they've learned a, a very interesting approach. Um, for those who aren't familiar with change management or people readiness, I think you provide some really great tactics and, um, and tips. So thank you. Thanks for joining. Absolutely. Thank you.